Welcome to Culmination, where we're not experts, but we sure have a lot to say. In the process of becoming our best self, I have with me student council member Rohan Rose Palanikamar to discuss the locus of control. So, Rohan, would you like to get started? Sure. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Casey, I thought you were going to define the locus of control. <laughs> the locus of control? <laughs> All right, I guess we can define it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was trying to play that into a bit like, oh, what is that you say? Oh, oh. Well, you see, the locus of control. All right, so I guess let's just get into it. So okay. the theory, um, it's a psychological term, but it's essentially there's two types of the locus of control, which itself is basically just, it's just kind of how you imagine control in your life. So there's two types, the internal and external focus of control. Um, the internal focuses on you basically having full responsibility of your life, like for everything. And then there's the complete opposite with the external, which is, like I said, the opposite. It's just everything else is to blame, and you don't really have any control in your life basically it's just kind of like you're moving along and fate just kind of guides you and anything goes and and i believe most people probably are somewhere like in the middle it's kind of like a spectrum of sorts because you can't always think that you always have control over something uh but that's kind of the basis of what we're going to talk about today so rohan you have any thoughts I mean, I think it's, uh, I think you're dead on with that. It's right in the middle. Most people, I would say, probably think that they have a lot of control over their lives, but there is always that external factor that's inevitable for any, any situation. Right. Well, because it's like, so when I think of this, it's like I want to, my go-to thing is the ideal. Like the ideal is I want to have control over my life and I want basically shape my own destiny, free will, if you will. However, I mean, there's some pretty strong counter arguments to that where it's like, oh, well, I can't control like a family member passing away or I can't control like getting fired from a job if it's like we're downsizing or something like, you know, there's there's events like natural disasters or just random dumb luck type things that get in the mm -hmm. way of it. However, I would, I usually see it as it's more about your reaction to kind of like what you're given. So like tornado happens, here's your reaction, like plan ahead. Or if it's already happened, like what are you going to do afterwards? Like are you going to sit in the old rubble of your house or are you going to do something about it? So that's kind of the way I see it. But I mean, that might not that might not technically mean that you have control over the situation because it's control of yourself. So, yeah. I'll let, yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of agree with that, but I do think there is a natural tendency for people to kind of rely on what they think in, if you want to take, for example, a person, maybe if they have the option when they're making a choice, they have two decisions, right? Uh, one decision may be, beneficial to them the other decision maybe not so much but that there they do have this control but it because there's a tendency to naturally choose one of those options they kind of allow an environmental factor in play um mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily have a lot of control because they don't have the will to actually change how they want to go about a certain situation well i mean so this idea is kind of like it kind of spawns from your will so how do you think they some i guess my question to you is how do you think they gain that will to basically take control i mean a lot of things it's about interest right when you're interested yeah. in a certain topic or certain thing you're going to be far more motivated to actually mm -hmm. do that but when there's maybe a, something that you're not interested in, suppose you don't really like 
going out for a run or if you don't really mm-hmm. like going hiking or something, you're not really going to be motivated to set any goals to actually do that, right? So there's with that, your will is going to be lacking such that you don't have the tendency to actually go and do something, right? So but you're you kind of limiting. Hmm? Like what if you need to? Like it, you're not interested to stop eating ice cream all the time, like all day, mm-hmm. every day. Like, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't sound interesting to quit these these habits, but it's important. So how, mm-hmm. how would you go about that? Uh, again, I do think that there's the natural tendency, right? So it's really, really difficult for someone to actually quit that, right? Because um, they're just so used to it. And I mean, there's the part, yeah. the will goes into it. If you have a strong enough will, actually do it then you're taking you have more control if you want to define it to actually go through with your actions but Hmm, yeah so i guess with that i want to ask you just personally how much control do you think you have over your life i mean i do think i have a reasonable amount of control i there's a lot of things that I know I will take responsibility for, whether it's doing any homework or whatever. I there I know what I need to do and I will accomplish everything I need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's the optional kind of things when it comes to it. And I think that there's some things I may not do. And you don't there's the consequences may not be right there and then, but yeah, there will be consequences in the future. And those consequences, if you want to say, are maybe inevitable inevitable right right so yeah there's the i guess that's the aspect maybe there's that external thing that if you don't do this there's going to be that external consequence that comes along with it yeah and and that of itself can motivate you because it's like Mm -hmm. oh if i keep putting off my homework then i can see this this avalanche here like oh boy i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do all my homework (laughs) The morning of when it's due. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think when you look at the internal versus the external, I think they do go hand in hand. One influences the other. Yeah. So on. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about your control? Like how much control do you think you have when it comes down to everything? Overall, I feel like I'm trying to think about how to go about this because I feel like everyone starts like sometime in their life or when they're born or whatever. They're kind of, they start with a predisposition of like on that spectrum that we kind of talked about with like mm-hmm. one pole being internal, one the other being external. So s- somewhere along that line, someone starts in. Um, and I'm not really sure where I started on, but I feel like it's almost like even though we start on that on somewhere on that spectrum, we're almost always trying to push ourselves towards the internal. Like that's yeah. kind of the life goal to become more like in control of yourself, who you are, what you do, all of these aspects like that. And mm-hmm. for me personally, I like to, or at least I try to strive to go towards that internal. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't really procrastinate on my homework. I try to think of things that are problems in my life kind of from my core, essentially. Uh, So I guess to Mm -hmm. answer your question briefly, I feel like I have a lot of control. Um, But... It was definitely a journey to get there because some things like probably are objectively not your fault, but it's kind of different when you make it your fault because then you have to do something because only you can really make the change. Like if something else, like if an external factor wrongs you or whatnot, it's like, like they're not going to do anything about it. You just Mm -hmm. have to, you have to get up, prepare yourself. And essentially just find your way through it all. 
So yeah. with that in mind, it's just like I like to turn things in a way that I can handle them, like control the controllables, like my dad says. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? I do think I, I agree with you. And I think there's a lot of external motivation and will that goes into it that a person can get more towards that internal locus of control. But there are some people that have just that intrinsic, intrinsic motivation, right? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of unique. Like that really drives some people yeah. towards that. They have full responsibilities. They have that. They have that mindset that everything they do, they have some sort of control in it. So yeah, um, and I yeah, definitely there are some inevitable external factors that will influence them. You can't prevent life from happening. So. But they, it just seems that they have a lot more of that uh, control internally. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me, like, of when I was uh, learning about psychology last year in the class that you're taking now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like the ideas of reinforcement and whatnot. And just kind of how yeah. some, there's like two motivations is like one is to get something, like a reward. And then the other is to avoid something bad. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't that kind of go along with what you're saying? Yeah, I do think so. That reward versus punishment. Uh, yeah. And then there's like yeah. the intrinsic rewards and the, you know, like feeling of purpose or providing support for a community or whatnot versus like external, which is like earning money or a new car yeah. or something. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I guess there's a lot that drives uh, locus of control, but I do believe that some people really don't care. Some people have that kind of like that social desirability bias. They want to make themselves look like they have a lot of uh, like internal control. Uh, Uh And then there's some people who really do have a lot of internal control. Right. Yeah. That's the spectrum. Everyone wants to look socially desirable like that. Mm -hmm like that theory yeah it's like you don't want to look like a bum or something yeah you, you want to be the best you want people to like you you want to succeed mm-hmm. um but there's definitely like cheat codes like pretending that or like showing yourself as if you're someone with a lot of control over your life yeah yeah but internally it's like it all might fall apart at some point yeah yeah And yeah, so again, like some things may fall apart. Uh, I do think that external factors can heavily influence um, that falling apart, possibly. Like it depends on what your external factors are. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like you mentioned passing of a a close family member or something. Yeah, that's definitely going to affect you. Uh, A lot of everyone's human. There's emotions and everything involved. Um, So there's going to be that effect in it. Yeah. And then like even with that, I know we're just kind of opening like millions of cans of worms every everywhere we go. It's like new idea, all right, there's this path and then there's this path. Then then we go one, down one of the paths, and it's like this path and then this path. And it's like when are you ever going to cover the other path? But um but with that um it's like then you have to worry about so tragedy strikes, things go wrong, things fall apart right and and then it's like another (laughs) like two-way path where it's like tragedy can either like destroy you to a point of no return and by that i mean like something about you is essentially scarred and there's no coming back like just a permanent indent but then there's also like the bounce back the rebound Mm -hmm. like because of this tragedy, I am going to be better. And that's kind of like the intrinsic motivation from it. It's mm-hmm. like my grandmother passed away or something, for an example, and she believed in me and knew that I could I could be better. Mm-hmm. So I am now going to essentially like, I don't want to say avenged because that's different, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just kind of... Uh, living with more of a purpose because it's like you know she believed in me and she'll always believe in me and and -hmm. i gotta live up to that you know yeah not just for her but for me too you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i think 
that also kind of defines how much control we really have because and yeah. even our will because uh, a lot of people especially if there's some sort of social embarrassment or kind of there's a lot of people who struggle just accepting it and moving on so mm-hmm. there's they just have this constant they have these constant regrets and all of these just going on and it, yeah. they really really do struggle getting back control over their future uh, well, also their actions like sometimes you you just sorry to cut you off but sometimes you, you just like you don't even know what the problem is and mm-hmm. i feel like that's a big problem for most adolescents because like welcome to this new world where you're growing up and and you're going through puberty and and now you like learn about things like depression and all these like real things that you read about in the psychology textbook mm-hmm. and it's like oh but like how do I do anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I is sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh okay. <laughs> um uh, what was I saying? Here, just go. Okay. Uh, so I yeah I it makes perfect sense and I think uh, one thing we can look at and see the control we know a lot of people battle addiction right yeah like, whether it's substance or like alcohol or anything mm-hmm. and I think that when we look at those people there's a part of them that may know how injurious it is right to consume those products and to use those uh, but you mean a like lot of, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And I think when um, when those people, even if they do know it's bad for them, they still use those products, right? Right. So I think they don't have as much control to like to change their behavior, try to improve themselves, right? Yeah. So I think. I mean, that's that, very... I think that's also part of the I guess the locus of control itself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, the one thing with substances, though, where it gets a bit iffy, because it's substances are like an external force. It's not really like, yeah, it's not really in your head. Mm-hmm. It's like a thing you put in yourself, essentially. So because of that, there's things like withdraw, which mm-hmm. <laughs> explains that a lot. Like, they know it's wrong, but they just can't get off of it. Like, yeah. nicotine is kind of designed for you to not get off of it, you know? Yeah. And especially yeah. And especially with those substances, people develop tolerance, right? So yeah. uh the and then they keep using more and more and, uh, and it just gets worse. Exactly. And worse withdraw. Exactly. So that could be an example of an external factor completely influencing your life because oh, yeah. you especially when you start, probably you have it's your it's the first time you use the substance and if you continue to use it more and more Mm -hmm. i mean that's the that's the power of the external kind of influencing you though you don't readily accept that that's actually influencing you but yeah but it's it's essentially controlling you exactly because you can't stop Mm -hmm. so and, and i mean you know this because I mean, maybe, maybe not you personally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much, uh, how many drugs yeah. you've got on your desk right now, but, <laughs> but you know, like you, you can prove that right essentially because when you finally get off of it, mm-hmm. you just know, like you just feel so empowered. Like I just conquered the world. Like yeah. I don't need this anymore. I already knew this, but I finally stopped. And that's just mm-hmm. like super powerful. And that's that's the locus of control right there. That's the shift from I am being controlled to I am controlling. I call the shots. Yeah, absolutely. That's the question. Who calls yeah. the shots in your life? Exactly. That's that's I that's a perfect way of stating it. Yeah. So although I want to ask you, even though you're not a doctor, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Well, just like, what do you, how would you think ideally about going, like getting off of that stuff? 
Like, how would you quit? Um, it's really tough, and it also depends on like what stage you're at. I think yeah. it's it's far easier to quit right at the beginning, right? The more and more you use a substance, the harder it gets. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess it really depends on the support around you. Again, that's another external factor. Oh, yeah. Like the people around you, if you have supportive people around you, there's a much better chance that you actually get out of it. But there's a lot of people, like uh, kids uh, or even adults, who may be using those substances because they don't have that support around them. Right? Yeah. So it's extremely difficult for those people because they don't really want to go seek help because they, for all they know, the substance is helping them live, kind of. Yeah. God. Yeah, that's a yeah. complex right there. Um, but, I mean, so here's like a contrary to that, though, mm-hmm. um, where you said that it's external to have a support group and whatnot. But, I mean, you could argue that that, of itself could be intrinsic or not intrinsic but the internal locus of control just because the people in your life like you you can choose to build connections with people you can choose the people Mm -hmm. who would be good for you or who you like them you can choose to get out of a dynamic that is like toxic for lack of a better word i mean sometimes it's like again, opening a, a can of worms right there because yeah. there are all these other scenarios like, oh, they might blackmail me or something. Uh, mm-hmm. I really hope you, you, the audience who's listening, isn't in that situation. But, but the point I'm trying to make is, it's like you can, you can almost create this support group for yourself just by, mm-hmm. by like finding these people who are like-minded or. Just kind of, I don't know, just. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think we as humans readily seek out people who are like-minded at many times, many times. And those people we do keep close. Um, Going back to your other point, I think there is that internal motivation to, like, get get away from addiction for the people that we care about. Yeah. But. We have to think about it in terms of value because a person who is addicted may see that drug even as more important, right? We can't readily predict what they're thinking in terms of their values. But I do think, so I think there's a a combination of both. There may be that internal factor that they think I have to get better for these people because they care about me. But I think those people also caring for them is that internal is, is that external but then so you have a mixture of both so that's actually kind of interesting to look at that every everything in life there's that mix again of the internal and the external right yeah it's just like it's a constant i mean it's almost like like the balance of it of it all exactly it's kind of weird exactly. how every time i i think of a topic like this it's like it always comes back to the balance in this in the spectrum like there's no objective truth and just like like Mm -hmm. it's never all or one or you know yeah 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 but um yeah and i think with the people we keep close to us um i think there's with, when we look at like in, uh, external versus internal, it so much depends on how our behavior is, like each person's, because um, based on what we converse with them, based on our interactions, we kind of create a bond. That bond is heavily determined by the other person, right? So if you, you can view that as an internal and external factor as well because that person either he wants to maintain that bond or breaks Uh it and all of that there's it's both ways because what you're thinking and what you want versus what that person is thinking and what they want because you can't control the other person yeah 
No, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think here, like, it's the effort you put in versus the reciprocation given. So the effort you put in is the internal from you, like you kind of having control over the yeah, situation. Yeah. Um, but the reciprocation of the other person, like that is, that's almost entirely mm -hmm. external just because exactly. you don't know what they'll do. Like maybe, maybe you have a one-sided dynamic and you're just kind of running the show that never gives back or mm -hmm. you have a, a good dynamic where it's back and forth. Because it's, I don't know, honestly, the, the metaphor I usually think of when it comes to, like, relationships in that sense is just kind mm -hmm. of like, we're just, our individual selves are like a nation, like a country. And it's like, hey, look, it's another country. <laughs> let's, let's make some trade deals with them. Yeah. I mean, granted, yeah. I don't, disclaimer, I don't think about this every time I talk to somebody. I, I'm not going to, like, say... Hey Rohan, you want to set up some some trade deals and set up a good <laughs> foreign policy? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> here, sign sign this treaty for me, please. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's if you kind of think about it in that way, it's it's not the idea of just like oh we're using trade deals. It's just for like it's just to get something out of somebody else, like. Like, I give you this, you give me that. I mean, it is kind of like that. But it's yeah. more about just the idea that both parties need to have effort put in. Because mm -hmm. that makes yeah. a worthwhile relationship. Yeah, and I think especially in a relationship, maybe when two people are looking kind of for the same thing, you have that, um, you have that connection kind of. But yeah, it's really interesting that we see you can't really control another person. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's all this manipulation stuff and all that. Uh, but that's, I guess, well, when we're looking at this, we're looking more at the interest, not really yeah. one person manipulating another person. But when there's two different interest groups, it's really, it's, it really depends because you cannot control the other group. Yeah. Um, but circling back to the idea like the main antithesis of the mm -hmm. internal locus of control you may not be able to control like what's given to you but you can control how you how you take it mm -hmm. you know like oh this person like I, I was saying earlier it's like this person's not reciprocating this person's not putting as much effort as as i am you just you have to think about like is this worth my time do they care about me and like the answers are both no it's like you have the power to step away or you have the power mm -hmm. to like say something like just confront them or in a lighter way of saying that just like talk to them about it like hey i kind of feel like um kind of feel like i'm doing a lot here and it's just not really being reciprocated and uh, and really just being communicable and honest with people that yeah. usually makes it work because it shows them that you care and maybe mm -hmm. they don't care and then that's nothing and then you move on with your life because it's not worth your time but mm -hmm. but if but it could work out and that and because you said something you took the initiative which is an entirely that which is entirely in your control that's the internal locus of control Look, yeah. you just solved something. You just took control, and you did this. You made this happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's that's a perfect way of putting it. And I think we can apply that to anything in society, right? When we look at people, uh, everyone is born as a human, but we're not all born into the same situation. Yeah. Immediately, we have those environmental factors, whether you have good parents or like parents that may be abusive or parents who don't really care about you and all those things. And maybe you're poor, maybe you're, you don't, you're not born into like rich, rich, like a rich environment. So yeah. when you look at those people who may be born poor or to abusive parents or something, they can look at their situation and maybe they just blame that 
because I'm in this situation, I can't do anything. I can't get like and that makes anything a lot done. Of sense. Uh huh. Exactly. Like and yeah, and that's the external locus of control. But then there's also the same people who maybe I don't want this for my kids when I grow up. I want to improve. I want to change. And that's the taking initiative part that you mentioned. Yeah. So yeah, it's and you can attribute this to any part of society. So yeah, it's really really unique. That yeah. you have these two sides of it. And both make both make so much sense just because it's like, I mean, talking about the people with the external locus of, of control, mm-hmm. like just think about it. You kind of were screwed. You yeah. were screwed. Like you were born into a situation, like you were given a bad hand essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that, like just with the topics of internal external locus of control, it's like either way, that shouldn't really be ignored. But the thing mm-hmm. is, it's still at the end of the day, like it's all about you. So exactly. like it's yes, the predisposition can be fortunate or unfortunate or create advantage versus disadvantage. But it's all about how someone goes through life. Because I mean, take Mm -hmm. it, here's like another idea of versus someone who was like poor in a poor town, like that kind of life. Think about somebody born with everything, with luxury, like completely spoiled, like no idea of instant or of uh, delayed gratification because everything is given to you. And in a funny way, like, Look at comparing the two, like somebody born with nothing and somebody born with everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thinking about if they were to go the same life path, it's like that is possible because somebody born spoiled, like they're so spoiled that they might not even know where to go with their lives. It's like, well, everything's been handed to me. They'll enter, they'll enter the real world and not really know how to do anything, like no practical skills or whatnot. So are they really? Mm -hmm more fortunate than the other mm-hmm. the other kid i mean I, grant i get it. The, there's so many confounding variables and so many scenarios but like with just this one it's like it's interesting to look at so go mm-hmm. ahead yeah i guess yeah i do i do agree with that and i think it really depends on what that child learns if they learn that money can buy you anything and all that kind of stuff then they're never really going to think about their own progression. They'll yeah. be reliant on that money factor. Maybe they use that as a basis for them making money themselves, just focused on that money, even if they're not intelligent or anything. But I do think it really could affect them that way. And another point that you mentioned, that delayed gratification, that yeah. is internal locus of control. Like, yeah. To, to have that ability, and, and I know Walter Michelle did that at like a young age, like that test. So I think that those children who do have that, they have so much success. And I mean, yeah. it kind of proves that the necessity of the internal locus for control is really, really important to um, a successful right. progression in life. Because like... And I'll go through both scenarios here, starting with like the the kid born with luxury, born in the rich household. It's like if you Mm -hmm. think if you are taught and you kind of just have an internal locus of control, like you you don't just see money as something with an infinite pool, um, but something with value. It's like you can continue to live a life of success and provide that for your children rather than going down a worse path. Like, Mm -hmm. just if you believe that, oh, I've, like, you acknowledge that you've been given a good hand, but you try Mm -hmm. to still work hard and continue that success. Um, And as for somebody born in a, like, a poorer disposition, it's like, I mean, I can't really speak for people like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, disclaimer there, here's my biases, but... Um, what I've seen, just like you've heard tons of stories about like big successful people or even just moderately successful people, but like 
you know, their their classic cliche story of I started with nothing and now I'm a I'm a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. think about it. When you have nothing, you have to work for everything. Mm-hmm. And working teaches you skills like practical skills and you have to think about things. And when you get reward, that <laughs> that stuff is valuable. Like mm-hmm. that means something. Like getting yeah. a ten dollar paycheck, like that's like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because when you have less, it's like less mm-hmm. is more if you kind of think about it that way. Like you get something and it yeah. means so much to you. So even though you start in a quote unquote bad place, you might end up way better than somebody born in a higher place. Yeah. Just because yeah. you you learn how to take control of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that scenario, it's almost like do or die. Yeah, yeah, and I think that really drives many, many of those people. Like they have, they have an immense amount of creativity. Like, um, oh, yeah. and when they find something that's successful, they'll they'll know that works, and then they'll think about other similar situations which they can be successful. And those rewards kind of also drive them. They have both that intrinsic motivation, they have that external motivation, and. Those people do become successful. There's a lot of people who become successful. Um, but, yeah, it really does stem from if they have that internal locus of control, if they have the responsibility and if they have the control to make their own decisions, try to improve rather than submitting to what they've been given, what they've been dealt, and yeah. kind of that collapse versus progr- progress kind of. Well, I mean, even if you think about it this way, it's like you can blame a system, you can blame like someone in your life, like a teacher or something for a bad grade or whatnot. <laughs> you can blame everything, but nothing will change. Like it, you'll feel better. <laughs> you'll feel a lot better, but nothing will objectively change in your life. So yeah. even though it's weird to kind of think that oh, maybe this is my fault, even though in reality it actually isn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Well, let me rephrase that. It's like it doesn't even have to be that. It's not even this is my fault, but I'm given this scenario anyway, and there's nothing There's nothing I can do about the external, but there's everything I can do about the internal. How do yeah. I bounce back? Yeah, and I think what you said kind of is exemplified in school. There's a lot of students, maybe there's a certain teacher, they don't learn as well. And there's a class full of people. Some people do really well, some people do average, and maybe there's one person doing that. And it really depends. If they want to take the initiative to go seek out their teacher, try to get some sort of help, or if they really just want to keep going, on the same path they are and that they really don't care about the class because there are people who really don't care about a class as long as they pass the class they're okay with it but then there's those people who really really want to do well but for some reason they're struggling and either they may even be afraid to go like seek out a teacher which i guess that's that's a unique way of thinking about it because is that that's an internal issue but yeah. that, that kind of hinders your uh, control over the situation. I but, feel like that would be yeah. more confidence, like an issue, true, lack of true. confidence or feeling shy or like, oh, well, if if I need help, then I, I'm obviously not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't need to ask for help. I should just be good. And that That's like a complex because <laughs> you'll only be good if you ask for help, but you don't want to yeah. ask for help because you feel like you should be good, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, go on because you're on a roll. And then there's that, okay, and I also just wanted to mention, there's the natural aspect of competition that exists. Oh, like, yeah. Competition is extremely difficult to deal with. When when you have all of these factors that are bearing down on you, like these bad grades, these <laughs> internal struggles and all of that, and then you add in co- uh, competition as an external factor, you're not you're just going to keep progressing down and down if you don't seek out help. And I think that's where the intervention, that's that's the external factors, like yeah. all of these factors. And you need 
some sort of external help, right? That's another okay. external factor that can either help you or not. So Yeah. You can make those into internal though. You That's can. Like because Absolutely. as as soul crushing as competition can be, it can also be your game changer. It's mm -hmm. like, huh, I got a sixty-four on my psych exam. This sucks. I mean, Brainiac over here just got like more than a 100. Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel small right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, true story. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of that competition. Now, I mean, I didn't, I didn't uh, hone in all that competitive uh, feelings to do better. But you can think of it like that way. Like, oh, I don't yeah. want to look like. A fool anymore getting a d on on an exam so you work mm -hmm. harder because of that competition yeah it's like, oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna win mm -hmm. and it and turns from it starts as a competition against the external against mm -hmm. my friend against the stranger who's better than me and it turns into i'm just gonna tell myself that i can do this yeah, yeah. it's like he's the true bully because, I mean, think about it. Yourself, your self-consciousness, your self-awareness, you're the biggest bully there is. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. no one knows how much of a piece of crap you are than you. <laughs> yeah. But no one knows how great you are than you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You just have a great capacity. Mm -hmm. So you're just realistic. Like, if, if you're not a good person in some aspects... You just need to work on it. It's like, yeah, you might be awful at something, but you just need the right mindset. You need to switch to the internal locus of control, and you can do this. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's all about it's all about the mindset. Mhm. Mm and I do think that even when you have, if you have someone who's confident, who typically does well, and yeah. when you look at that person, and suppose they do bad on a single test or something they're not necessarily going to lose all that self-confidence in them. They'll, oh. they'll know that I, I can do better. It's my responsibility. I have control over the situation. I'm This grade happened. I'm going to move on from it, and now I'm going to prepare myself for the next one. I'm going to get better. Now, it's going to ace it, right? Yeah. See, but when you look at people who typically uh, – or like in the average or like even the poor if they do bad it affects them like their self-confidence because they don't have that prior experience of doing well and um so they but don't have it might be like parental supervision like true like oh i true. can't get a d or else true That's yeah, not yeah. yeah yeah that but um so also i guess losing self-confidence may play a role in how much control they believe they have over the situation. Because oh, that, when they lose self-confidence, that's when you see people start to blame maybe their teachers, maybe well, certain course, like systems, yeah. and so on. But Because you feel wronged. Exactly. Exactly. And I say that in a way that, like, I get it, man. Like, mm -hmm. you, just, you just take that hit. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Everyone's kind of meant to have a slump every mm -hmm. once in a while. Like you can't just you can't just boom internal locus of control. I'm gonna I'm gonna handle this situation like a champ right when it happens. <laughs> no, your natural yeah. reaction is gonna be oh I like studied for that test all day yesterday. This sucks mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like you're not gonna just bounce back from this. So yeah. it is kind of important to note that like. The internal locus of control isn't immediate, but once you build it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's something you have to practice. So Absolutely. Once you practice more, it's like it gets better and better until you eventually become someone like how you described, like someone mm -hmm. who, oh, I got a bad grade. I mean, this, it, it's unfortunate. I don't like that I got a bad grade, but I'll do better next time. Exactly. Just like a Use very that as motivation. Yeah. 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 And. Also, um, I do think that going back to what you said, it's absolutely so much easier to just think that it's the external factors oh, yeah. that are causing your bad 
grades and all this. And again, it's maybe so it much easier to blame the system, the teachers, right. all that. Yeah. But maybe it actually is that problem. Like these yeah, are true. different scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, true. But, yeah. Uh, it's just how you bounce back. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, we can also go into like just control and like some people, you know, have this illusion of control. They believe they can influence external factors, right? Okay. And I, I so if you think about, um, if you think about the locus of control, it's what you believe you can do, right? Kind of your responsibility, your awareness of yourself and your capabilities um, but when you think that you can I guess that's where you draw the line that you can't necessarily influence other external factors and events and such that's kind of going I guess a bit too far I do think we need to draw a line there but okay so, okay yeah. I see what you're saying so like instead of like bouncing back from the attacker being the external you shouldn't be the attacker. Like mm -hmm. you should use your internal to influence or cause external things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's an example of that? Like, do you have one in mind? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think control over other things depends on many factors. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a person who who has been extremely successful because you've had this constant, uh, if you, you've had this drive, you've reached like maybe well, you've, you've become wealthy or if you have had all this success, you have a greater reach among people. You have a greater influence among people. Yeah. And you have this, I guess, some, some power over um, certain things, but no one has power over like purely external factors meaning like life events or if we're talking about other people right so i think that's a lot yeah i mean no one has entitlement over anybody other than themselves mm -hmm. um although if you think about it this way it's like maybe some people feel compelled to do that because of their external locus of control. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I, like, I was abused in this way by this person, so I'm going to do the same thing as sort of a revenge. Yeah. Just displacement. Mm -hmm. You know, just like, I've got so much aggression, so much repressed energy that, like, from a worse time in my life, and I just need to... Uh, Mm -hmm. Just throw it all onto one person. And yeah. Enjoy. But I think with... Yeah, yeah, sorry to cut you off. But I think with that, there are many of those people who have actually experienced that go on to advocate against that, you know? Kind of like their yeah. own influence and about all that. They'll kind of try to create awareness and they'll try to use any means they can to like... Uh, get people to notice that this is an issue that needs to be taken care of. Because right. it's an easy thing to fall into. Yeah. yeah. Like we're naturally like, let's say we're naturally sensitive in a way. It's like we're easily angered. We're easily, I mean, everyone has their own temperaments and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But if, you're, if you don't really have that self-control, it's easy to fall into these things. Well, also, it's just easy to fall into it in general. Like, like it's this guy's fault or I'm going to be a bully. Like, have you ever just thought about how hard it is to, like, how truly difficult it is to be a good person? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's yeah. what this podcast is about, essentially. Like, all of these videos mm -hmm. talk about different topics to lead into, like, how to be your best self. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's the only reason why we have a video series now to cover that is because it's really dang hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. Like, try 
saying something nice versus just being mean, like being mm -hmm. a jerk. Like it's so much harder. Yeah. It's easy to just displace your anger or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the thing. I can't stress that enough. I've probably repeated it like five times. It's just easy. And yeah. it's, we don't want to do something hard. Like mm -hmm. hard is difficult. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty like, yeah, no, like, no crap, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I think there, you can never be perfect. Like, you can never be the perfect citizen, the perfect yeah. person, like, for society. But, and I think we all have some, like, internally, we all have this, like, mindset. There's something negative that we're thinking about other people. Like, um, yeah. Whether I mean, if we want them to fail or if there's something because we want ourselves to succeed or something like that, there's that mindset in a lot of people. Um, it's it's inevitable, right? As human, uh, as humans, we want to succeed ourselves, right? When we see other people succeed, there's a part of us that really doesn't like it. And yeah, I think it's like I wish that was me, you know? Like it, yeah, and I mean grades. It's like I mm -hmm. wish. I had that grade. Yeah. That grade. But do you think it's possible to get rid of that? Or do you think it's even necessary to, to get rid of it? Um, so, I mean, it's necessary, but I would also say that you can't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. um, well, think about it this way. It's like you'll always have those thoughts of just like, I feel like the best uh, example is from, you know, Headspace, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the meditation site. Yes. Like, there's yes. a little, like, commercial on YouTube. It's, like, showing this little animated cartoon, and, and this dude's just kind of, he's just walking down the street, and he sees this cat, and he just has, like, a dark thought about, like, oh, I'm going to shove him into the trash can and laugh. And it's, like, I... I can't really think of anything more relatable if you think about it. Just like these weird, violent, like aggressive thoughts that you have just like in the middle of your day. It's like, mm -hmm. huh, I just thought of that, but I'm just sitting down listening to jazz music. It's like, how did this happen? Um, yeah. But I mean, it's just natural because we're, there's always like repressed thoughts or stressors. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a, like a relief when you think about stuff like that. However, yeah. so, I mean, that answers the question of, can you get rid of it? No, mm -hmm. you can't. It's inevitable. Yeah. But kind of tying it back to being a good person and the internal locus of control, it's like, it's just all about regulating your emotions. It's like mm -hmm. not letting it get the best of you. Yeah. If you have these thoughts, understand. Well, I would say understand why you're thinking of that stuff. Maybe mm -hmm. you're angry or whatnot. Like, mm -hmm. don't dismiss it. Never do that. Because... You had these thoughts for a reason, and it's important to look at these dark parts of yourself, to just acknowledge it, and see where you need improvement on. Mm -hmm. um, but after that, um, you just have to channel your anger through other things, like you can play a sport or go on a run or play games or something, like just something to get your mind off of it or mm -hmm. uh, release some of that anger through other uses what was that psych defense mechanism that does that uh substitution no sub something i don't know sublimation, I don't, sublimation? uh no sublimation is what uh that's oh i mean i know the chemistry term subliminal is i think the part no. where it's below your absolute threshold so yeah, maybe so I just looked up sublimation and it says the trans the transition from a of gas to directly a, from a solid solid to a gas. solid to a gas. Yeah, so that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Finally, <laughs> end of episode. No. Okay, so, so actually, kind of going back to your thought, I do think I don't think it's necessary for you to get rid of those thoughts. I yeah. don't think it's necessary. Well, I, mean, I yeah. think you are right in saying we should regulate it, but I think it itself can help you create motivation, right? Uh, yeah. You can create motivation from any of those thoughts for yourself to get better. And mm -hmm. I think when you have some motivation that plays, that plays this 
that, that'll help you get this uh, internal locus of control because that motivation helps you take more responsibility. You'll want to feel empowered to do certain things to get better, right? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I honestly find it really interesting just because all of us, like just humans, like, like think about how similar we are. It's like when you see someone angry or just like really upset with themselves or with the world, it's like, mm -hmm. I get it, man. Like, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, but it always brings me back to earth or just back to myself that. Like, I get it. I get where this comes from. That mm -hmm. is, like, in a way, like, you're me and I'm you and we're basically the same. Yeah. Because we just, we go through a lot of the same emotions just because we're programmed the same way as a species. Um, mm -hmm. But with that, it's like, we can be better. We can, we can take control of our lives. We can step away from the external locus of control and kind of just think about just taking some time to meditate on I mean you don't actually have to meditate but just meditation as yeah, like, yeah. Thinking about it it's like knowing your shortcomings your limitations understanding I mean you obviously understand everything wrong about you mm -hmm. but think about that more as a limitation versus just like the reason why you're behind in life or why mm -hmm. everything sucks. It's just like, these are my boundaries. These are my weaknesses. I understand yeah. them now. Let's work on them. And let's, ex let's accept them and then let's work on them as we take control of our lives and make things better. And then once you take care of yourself, now you have the skills and ability to help someone else because you were just there. You were just in their place. Mm -hmm. So now you can help them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think podcast you, about it. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I mean, the more you understand yourself, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts and everything around you, um, the better, the more you can learn and how to deal with it. And you build your internal locus of control. And yeah. then when you give it back to someone else, you're externally helping them. So, yeah. I mean, in, in a way, you're you're making if think about like people doing this over time and essentially society kind of gets better in a way like you don't have all yeah. these people who are just so like just give in to all these external pressures mm -hmm. so just takes yeah. one person standing up i guess yeah i mean uh, but uh, I know, guess one person can make a big difference so, yeah yeah um i guess one question before we close things off here do you think the external locus of control is bad? No, I don't inherently think it's bad because there are uh, certain things that will happen because of external factors, and I think you have to accept them. So in terms of accepting them, yes, you, you can't blame yourself for what has happened. Like if you believe that you're the reason for, some, let's say someone... Maybe you were talking to someone on the phone and that person got into a car accident or something, right? And yeah. maybe they passed away or they got seriously injured. You can't necessarily blame yourself for what happened. I mean, there are external factors. Hmm? Yeah, but yeah. that would be your internal locus of control. Yes, yes. But you can, you, there's a part of that blame you should accept that is on like that person or the circumstances of the situation. Oh. I see what you mean. I so don't think like a critical eye. Yeah, I don't think you should keep it all to yourself. Yeah, kinda. It's uh, it's it's a bit weird, and I don't think I don't know if that was the best situation to like explain it, but yeah, there's a lot of it. I think you have to blame on external factors, and there's part of it that you have to blame on yourself. It's kind of that balance, but yeah. you cannot exist without an external locus of control. There has to be an external locus of control. So it's kind of like, I guess, so the reason why I asked the question is, is it kind of like the story of life is 
you start somewhere on the spectrum and you're just constantly growing towards one pole, which is the internal locus of control. Like the goal is to fully utilize that. Or is the story different where it's almost like a yin and yang, like the chaos and order, like the external and the internal. Mm -hmm. And what you said kind of makes me think of that yin and yang balance type thing. Yeah. I almost see it as more of the the former. Mm-hmm. Like I okay. full acknowledgement of like, yeah, I, I see your points. Like mm-hmm. I think I can see it like that too. Yeah. So I actually am inclined to agree with you. I do think there I think the balance point is actually a bit more uh towards the internal locus of control. Okay. I don't think it's right in the middle. Okay. I don't think it's right in the middle. I think right. more yeah. When you look at people who are successful, I do think that their internal locus of control is greater, but uh-huh. they still preserve some part of that external locus of control. I think it's important that you at least have some of that rather than trying to eliminate it completely, which you can't. But uh, yeah. I do think there has to be some part that's your external locus of control. Then in that case, I think I agree with you there. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. mix of the both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a good stopping point. So, yep. Uh, any last thoughts, Rohan? I mean, thank you for having me on your podcast. No, it's just really, really fun discussing. Yeah. The Lucas control with you. Yes, sir. Uh, here's the part where I insert a locus of control joke, but I can't really think of one. <laughs> so I guess I'm to blame on that one. <laughs> Up to that. That is my internal locus of control. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, once again, thanks for joining me, and I'll see you guys next time for the next episode of Culmination. So stay tuned. That's a wrap. That was great.